Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Well, hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning to the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. And today we have a awesome guest speaker on the podcast with us. This is Mark Richards, and uh, he actually works with me at the church. He's technically my boss. <laughs> I'm technically, I think his assistant is my uh, official term, is the assistant worship leader, and he is the head worship leader. So Mark, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to um, the listeners. Hey, good morning. I'm glad I could be a part of this and uh, join with you in discussing uh, some passages from the Bible out of the book of Exodus today. Uh, that should be uh, this. I, I used to do radio. Um, I used to be in radio broadcast, so podcast similar uh but but not exactly the same but uh looking forward to being able to discuss uh t- today's text yeah so tell me a little bit more about your time in radio i would love to hear that well um when i was in college what's funny uh, i have a weird kind of backstory in regards to how i got into worship ministry when i left for college my first declared major was to be in music ministry but got into ear training and music theory and lost interest rather quickly i wanted to learn <laughs> um i wanted to learn to play music not about music uh, yep so uh got out of that uh, i changed my major several times uh, eventually settled on communications and sports management my aspiration was to work for uh sports broadcasting espn news anchor that was like my dream job so out of college, my first job was with a local radio station in Ashtabula County. I worked there for quite a few years. I started off as a news broadcaster and eventually switched over to do uh, sports talk and sports broadcasting. And um, the station I had worked for turned into an ESPN affiliate. And so uh, rather quickly, I was into the position that I thought I wanted to be in and then realized very quickly uh, how much I despised the position. Um, didn't like it. It was a lot of uh, a lot of hours, a lot of uh, work, uh, very little pay, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, it just wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Um, right. And then about ten years ago, a little more than ten years ago, I got a random call from the faster pastor in Madison, Ohio, uh, at a church who had uh, heard of me through a mutual acquaintance at Eagleville Church, and so uh, I came in interviewed with him and uh, the youth pastor at that time. And then again, 10 years later, I'm back to where it is. I always tell people that I feel like it's God's sense of humor to say, uh, you may think you know what you want to do, um, but I will eventually lead you to where I want you to be, which kind of think fits into today's texts. Yeah, that's kind of funny. So let me ask you a question real quick. So did that music theory class sound a little better to you while you were doing radio and you hated it so much? <laughs> Not exactly. It wasn't even anything I was thinking about. Um, right. You know, I when you start a job right out of college and, you know, you're trying to establish a career and things like that, you focus solely on that. It's it's today that I look back and think, man, I wish I would have learned all this stuff uh, as I try to teach people about music and things like that. All that music theory and, and things like that are now coming into play uh, in my current job. And so uh, mm-hmm. it, it makes me 
I don't know. I, not that I regret anything that I've done, but it makes me, you know, kind of wonder, man, if I had stuck this out, would I've had to have gone through some of the, um, some of the hangups that I've had over the years uh, in trying to train people on how to do music. Right. Well, let's go ahead and start reading today. Today, we're going to talk about Exodus uh, chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. And Mark's going to help me out on this passage of scripture. I have some questions for him. But before we do that, make sure to grab that cup of coffee. And I will be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn back and encamp before Pihahiroth, between Migdal and the sea, before Baal-Zephon. You shall encamp opposite the sea. Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will follow after them, and I will get honor over Pharaoh and over all of his armies, and the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh. They did so. The king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people. And they said, What is this that we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? He prepared his chariot and took his army with him, and he took six hundred chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over all of them. Yahweh hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, for the children of Israel went out with a high hand. The Egyptians pursued them, and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, overtook them, encamping by the sea, beside Pihahiroth, before Baal-Zaphon. Well, that was a mouthful for me, because there was a lot of uh, weird words in this one. <laughs> Don't worry, no one else knows how to pronounce them either. Yeah, true. No one does know how to pronounce them. So, Pihahiroth. Yeah. I don't know. I say Pihaharoth. Pihaharoth. Oh, that's probably correct. I would guess that that's the correct way to say it. But, uh, okay, Mark, so what stood out to you the most about this portion of Scripture, do you think? Well, um, some of God's omniscience that stands out, also his specific directions to the Israelites, and then ultimately his purpose. His purpose in this whole passage isn't necessarily to help Israel escape However, to let all of Egypt know that he is indeed God. Right. And isn't that interesting that he, he still, after all this time, wants Egypt to know who he is. I, I really find that fascinating that even after the Israelites are out of there, God is still thinking about Egypt and is still thinking about those people there and are still, is still saying, I want them to know who I am. So he's not really done with Egypt at this point. And um, actually, kind of weird and funny story. As I was researching this uh, passage, I, you know how you can go on Google and they'll give you the search results immediately? Yes. Okay. So I was researching uh, this passage and Google gave me a search result that said, why did God destroy Egypt? And that made me kind of irritated that somebody would ask that because God never did destroy Egypt. Egypt was still around. Egypt to this day is still around. God did not destroy Egypt. In fact, he was thinking about them even after all of these plagues were over with. As odd as that is, it's just a very interesting show of who God really is. The fact that he still wants to show his power to Egypt in this way. So, Mark, why would God harden Pharaoh's heart again after the Israelites were out of Egypt? Like, why do you think that he decided to do that? Well, as I look at this, um, that's an interesting wording, uh, harden 
Pharaoh's heart. Really, I think it's more based on how God created Pharaoh. He knows him through and through, and he knows what will trigger him to be stubborn and resilient and prideful, and what will trigger him to be arrogant and um, basically desiring power. That, that's one of Pharaoh's flaws is his, his absolute desire for power. And so God, when God speaks uh, at the beginning, he's telling us what Pharaoh will think because he knows our thoughts uh, even before we, we say a word. And so he can foresee by giving Israel these directions, what Pharaoh's response will be. The hardening of the heart is just God understanding that Pharaoh is a stubborn, arrogant man who, because of the situation that Israel is going to be in, will think to himself, we can take them back. He can regain the power over them. So that, that's, I think that's more of what it is. It's not necessarily that he hardened his heart. He just understands who Pharaoh is. And based on circumstances, Pharaoh will respond in this way. Right. I, I like what you said there about God knowing who Pharaoh is, because I think that's something we kind of don't even think about is that God did create this Pharaoh. <clears throat> he knows everything about this Pharaoh. And he knows, just like what Mark said, what is going to trigger this Pharaoh to respond in a certain way as well. So yeah, I, I like that, that thought. Cause I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think of that even when we were talking about God hardening Pharaoh's heart a few chapters back, you know, it's, it's true. God really does know every single thing about this Pharaoh that he could ever know. Right. And, and the other thing that we see in this text is, um, the purpose of God doing things the way he does. We don't always understand it. So the Israelites have no idea why they're being put where they're put. God just simply instructs them, turn back and go back to Pi Haharoth between Migdal and the sea. And based on doing that, I'm going to gain glory for myself through Pharaoh. That's, that's the other thing. It's, it's through Pharaoh that I'm going to gain glory and will let the Egyptians truly know that I am the Lord. So uh, as he's looking at it, it, the purpose behind is again, that omniscience He's I'm going to, it's basically, he's playing chess with Pharaoh. He's thinking moves of ahead and setting him up to be um, basically taken over. Yeah. And I would guess you don't want to play chess with God because you probably won't win. Right. <laughs> he's always thinking two or three or four moves ahead. Right. <laughs> so what did this Pharaoh think he would gain by going to war with the Israelites? Did he really think he was going to get them back as servants? I just kind of wonder what this Pharaoh was really thinking. How did he not recognize that God was with these people by this point in time? So so what did you think Pharaoh was going to gain? I mean, it's, it's, it's that whole pride issue. I want control. I want what I want. And so I'm going to be willing to do whatever it takes, no matter the cost. And so he geared and what up. did this Pharaoh want? He, I mean, again, he wanted power. He, he wanted power mm -hmm. over this nation. He... Um, as you as you look, the questions that he and his officials ask um, are, what have we done? We let the Israelites go and we've lost all of the people that are going to work. So it's like a company that that loses people on strike. It's like, well, what are we going to do to keep manufacturing and keep gaining power? Because this is this is an empire they have control over um, over not just the Israelites, but over a lot of other places as well. So historically, mm -hmm. as they lose this number of people, they're losing all of their workers. And so their business is going to suffer as a result. And so their, their uh, idea is we have to get them back or we're going to be destroyed. 
And mm. ultimately that's what, and what's funny is, is that's, that's what God does is he, he destroys them because of their, uh, basically their blindness to foresee God doing anything to them. Yeah. Because if you look ahead a little bit, <clears throat> when we talk about this next, God does end up destroying that particular Pharaoh and all of those chariots that went out against the Israelite people. But we'll talk about that, I think, on Wednesday. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny is, is that, uh, based on this text, is you'll get there. But there is humor in this text as well, because um, if you look at um, verse 8, the end of it, the Israelites are going out boldly, at least in my, my translation, it says they're going out boldly. And you'll see within just a couple of verses how quickly that changes. And and it's just like, I'm going out boldly. God just rescued us. We're leaving out. And then literally like less than five verses later, now they're yelling at Moses like, dude, you brought us out into the desert to die. So it's just amazing how, <laughs> and that it, it's continues amazing to how fickle and how quickly um, boldness turns into fear based on circumstances. Right. Yeah, that's very true. And plus, we were just talking about, um, I think it was Friday, we, we mentioned this, that God was asking the people to do a new tradition to continually remember who he was year after year after year with the dedication of the firstborn sons and of the firstborn male animals, which was a new tradition that God wanted the people to, to do to constantly remember him for bringing uh, them out of the nation of Egypt. And yet the people forget God so quickly <laughs> Just in a few verses later, just in the next chapter, pretty much. So, yes, people do have a tendency to uh, forget God and forget who God is. And we were just talking about that the other day. We had a whole episode on that. But so, Mark, I, I want to ask you one last question before we uh, conclude today, which is um, what is something we can take away from this passage today? I mean, this isn't exactly the most lengthy passage, and it's kind of talking about a pharaoh, but what do you think we could take away from this passage? Well, while we don't have pharaohs in today's society, we do have rulers, and a lot of us like to rule over ourselves. Um, ultimately, pharaoh's biggest flaw was this desire for power and control. And how often do we as human beings struggle with that? Mm -hmm. uh, any circumstance that we face, any, any trial that we face, any human interaction that we don't agree with, uh, sometimes we struggle with because we desire power and control. So for instance, uh, I don't always agree uh, with my wife and how much of me would desire to be able to have her think the way I think and do things the way I do things. Or uh, for example, my children, when they do things that I don't understand or things uh, in a way that I don't like, the reason I get angry partly is because I don't have power and control over them. Um, they still have to ultimately come down and make a choice based on you know how they view me as their parent and authority over them. Um, I can guide them and direct them as much as I want, but ultimately it's going to come down to them making the choice to obey or disobey. And then as a result, uh, deal with the blessing or the consequence. So there's, there's, even though this text really is, isn't very lengthy, there's still a lot of richness that can be taken from it when we understand Pharaoh. Uh, you know, if you put yourself in Pharaoh's shoes, how many things do you struggle with? How many things are you stubborn about that you're not willing to give up? that God is trying to basically purge from your life? Do you trust him enough to listen to his directions and obey his uh, commands? Or are you going to simply uh, take it as a good suggestion, but still ultimately do it the way you think is best? And we see that time and time again throughout the scriptures, don't we? About God blessing people who give up control. 
but God, you know, having people, people have to face the consequences when they don't do that, <laughs> as this Pharaoh had to do. Right. Because right. He, he refused to give up that control of these people, and he suffered the consequences because of it. I think, you know, I think if the Pharaoh would have just chosen to stay at home and not uh, chase after the Israelite people, he probably would have been alive for a much longer time, I would guess. And I don't know. I mean, I, I really like that point about giving up the control because that's a very important thing to do as Christians. I, I really do believe that. As Mark said, with his children, we are also God's children. We have that choice to um, either disobey or to obey. And uh, yeah, I, I really appreciated that, Mark. I, I am thankful that you were able to come on the podcast today and, and talk about some of this stuff. So thank you. I'm glad I could join you as well and uh, look forward to being able to do this again. Who says you're coming back on? <laughs> All right. No, of course, I would love to have you on again at some point, but um, we are out of time for today. So friends and faithful listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, as always, please like it and share it on your social media platforms, rate it five stars and write a review and also subscribe if you want to. But also, guys, if you ever need a church and you live in the Cleveland area like Mark and I do, please feel free to drop by Crossroads Community Church and uh, listen to Mark and I play some worship music one of these Sundays. But if you don't live in the area, tune in to Crossroads Community Church on Sunday mornings. We air our Sunday morning services on YouTube and on Facebook so that you guys can listen to them very conveniently from your home so that it's easy for you guys to tune in and to listen to some good worship. You've heard Pastor Mike on the podcast before, and he is our head pastor, so he often does the um, the services at our church as well. So friends, if you want a church, if you need a church, and you want to tune into Crossroads Community Church, please do so, and you'll probably see me somewhere on the stage. I'm usually singing or playing right alongside with Mark. But friends and faithful listeners, I will conclude by saying happy listening and God bless. Mm-hmm.